You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to the Nottingham Forest Facebook page and the Derby County Live Facebook page. We're multi-streaming on both platforms this morning. My name is Dan Rowlandson. I'm joined by Sarah Clapson. Sarah, how are you this morning? Good, good. Good morning, Dan. And uh, and Steve Nixon as well. Steve, how are you? Good, yes. The sun's out and uh, I'm still here. <laughs> it's always something. <laughs> so, it's a nice cheery start to the stream. Um, I've brewed myself a cup of coffee. It's an early one this morning. We don't usually do these so early, do we? 10 o'clock yeah, on we Thursday morning. Two, yeah, two sugars will do, Dan, please. Two sugars. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've tried to cut the sugar out. I've tried to be healthy, Steve. Um, obviously, we're here for one reason. The reason we've got you both here is it's obviously a big derby game coming up on uh, on Friday night. Uh, we'll start with you first, Sarah, as the home side. How are you? How are you feeling about this one generally going into it? Yeah, I think Forest will, will probably be a bit more positive than they might have been, um, maybe even a few weeks ago. Um, I think because of the results they've had. Obviously, they've had a win now and a draw um, under Chris Hutton, and it's amazing what a difference that can make. Just getting some results under your belt and just lifting the mood a little bit and feeling a bit more positive and. Um, I mean, nobody's going to be overconfident, um, but feeling a bit more optimistic about it, perhaps, than a, a few weeks ago when they were on that losing run and you were kind of thinking, where's the next result going to come from? Now they've got that under their belt and they've kind of established themselves a little bit on the sheet and they can go into it feeling a little more upbeat, I think. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because I said, I spoke to Matt Davis after the Blackburn win. And it's weird when you're in a bad run of form, you look at your fixtures and go, oh, God, where are these points coming from? And then you win one game and you start looking at fixtures and going, oh, you know what? I quite fancy us there. If football's weird. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they they probably should, well, they should have won um, really on Tuesday night. And they had so many chances. Um, if they'd have got that, they would have been in even more of an upbeat mood. But I think. He, you have to take positives from the draw against Rotherham and against the, the win at Blackburn um, just to, to lift the mood and everybody kind of feel, it lightens things a little bit. When you're on that losing run, you're kind of, there's not a fear factor, but there's kind of a, a little bit of tension building. And now they've got those results, it just eases it a little bit. Obviously, new managers come in, players eager to impress. Um, it just makes it... Uh, it just helps, I think, going into a, into a big game like that when you've already got results under your belt. Well, there's plenty of people watching this morning. We are live on the Facebook pages for Nottingham and Derby. I can't tell whether the comments are Nottingham Forest fans or Derby. So if you've got a question for Steve, say, hi, Steve, or a question for Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> I'll make it much easier for, not for my job. Um, Steve, we'll, we'll go to you next. How, how are you okay. feeling about this, this game? Obviously, both sides have had a, a poor start, haven't they, really? Yeah, but I mean, both sides are, are struggling for, for, for wins and points. Uh, it's still very, very early. I know, uh, the, you know, we're always looking at the next game and the next result, but it is six games into 46 matches and uh, we know how quickly things can change and how a couple of positive results can, can change the feeling around the place. Uh, Derby need a positive result. I don't think there's any escaping from that. You know, they've only, only won one of the five league games this season and that was a a somewhat fortunate win at Norwich when, if you remember, uh, uh, Timo Puku kind of uh, slipped over as he was going to take a penalty at nil-nil and then uh, Wayne Rooney scored a free kick to give Derby the win. Uh, but they they could do with a lift, there's no doubt. You know, Philip Koku, the, the players, they could do with a lift and uh, there's no better lift than uh, going to uh, your neighbour's backyard and uh, hopefully getting a win. Well, I guess... I've, I've prepared a little bit of questions. I suppose both 
both sets of questions can apply to both sides, really, that both sides are struggling for goals, both sides are struggling for confidence. One side has, has opted to uh, go for a new manager, one side has opted to stick with their manager. Um, what do we think is going to happen in terms of, not looking ahead to the rest of the season, but it will is a change of manager, Sarah, something that can can give you a lift so far? So good, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's amazing what difference it makes, really. Um, just just to kind of freshen things up and just as a change, I think Savrila Mucci last season, he did really well that Forrest, you know, I know it didn't end how they wanted, but for the most part of the season, there was so much positivity about the club and they looked, they really looked like they were going to challenge and, and be in that top six. Obviously that didn't pan out. And then it just continued into this season. And it, when you're kind of in that rut, it's difficult to get out of it. And obviously the, the the way they opted to do so was to change the manager. Um, Chris Hewton's a, a pretty safe pair of hands, I think. He's obviously got experience. He knows how to get out of this division. He knows English football. He knows the majority of, of the players at, at Forest Orbit. He probably hasn't worked with most of them, but he'll know them from, you know, their experience in English football. And he comes in and it, it just, Gets the players wanting to impress again, gets them wanting to to get going. Um, I mean, they set up in in pretty similar way, really, to what um, they did under Lamuccia, kind of 4-2-3-1. Um, they haven't kind of changed their play too much, but you've got somebody on, on somebody different on the touchline giving, you know, giving different instructions, trying to get the best out of players again. Um, they look, they have looked a bit better, I think. I mean, there's, massive room for improvement still that you know I'm not saying they're they've made huge strides already but that they are heading in the right direction and I think that's what they needed they just needed they needed something to get them going again um and Houston can do that he's you know he's a, a good manager he's a, a, a good guy the players seem to have taken to him quite quickly he's not had that much time um but I think having that international break those two weeks just to work with him on the training ground is undoubtedly helped a little bit. How about you then, Steve? Obviously, five losses out of six in the league. How do you get out of that rut if you haven't changed the manager yet? Is there any chance of, of that? Is he under pressure? Well, first of all, what I'll say is uh, Forrest have made a, a, an excellent appointment in Chris Hewton. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I've, I've sat in press conferences with him when Derby played Brighton many times and... Uh, ask him a number of questions and he always comes across to me as someone who knows exactly what he's doing, exactly what he wants to do. So I think they've made an excellent appointment. Uh, for Derby, Philip Koku, yeah, listen, results will dictate the future of any manager. You know, you have to win enough games uh, to keep the pressure off your shoulders. Uh, he hasn't done that this season. He didn't do that at the back end of last season. You know, in total, the last 12 league games stretching the back end of last season to now, he's only won two. Uh, what I will say, and I, I wrote a piece uh, yesterday about it, I still just think it's too early, you know, because he, he's had so much to deal with, Philip Cocker, during his time here uh, off the pitch, so many curveballs, uh, the most recent one being, you know, with, being without the skipper Wayne Rooney for Tuesday night's game at Huddersfield. Uh it's been difficult for him and uh, we can talk about injuries and, and everyone will scream at me and say, listen, everyone has injuries. But Derby have had injuries to to a number of key players this season and, and especially in the striking department and that's hit them hard. Uh, so I think talk of 
changing manager far, far too soon. I understand the frustration uh, of the fans and the disappointment at the results. That's obvious. Uh, but the, Mel Morris yesterday, the chairman, I spoke to him yesterday, and uh, you know he, he's absolutely right. He, he's not he's not giving Cocky the dreaded vote of confidence. It's it, it's more than that. It's an understanding of of where we're at at the moment with this Derby team and and where they're trying to get to. And uh, I, I I said before I, I don't really look at the situation and the table too closely uh, until there's twelve to fifteen games, which is around a third of the season, uh, fans will say, well, it could be too late by then. It's never too late by then. Nothing's decided by then. Plenty of time after that still. Uh, so, uh, listen, let, let, let's just let him get on with the job uh, and let's focus on Friday and not uh, the manager situation. Hmm. I probably shouldn't pledge my allegiance too far, but as a Villa fan, sorry, everybody, we were nowhere in February in the year that we went up. We were we exactly. looked like mid table and uh, another season in the championship. Here we go, and then all of a sudden you throw a run of wins together, and, and then you're the one in the Premier League, and now had a good start well, again. So it's never. Yeah, too I, re- I remember that Dan because I think on was it March the first they beat Derby four nil at Villa Park. One, yeah, yeah and it was, you know, from nowhere, you know, because yeah. they were really struggling and they were four nil up at half time. They could have won eight that day, and I think from that moment did they win ten on the spin or something like that. Yeah, record. I've, seen, you know, I've seen it before with Derby. I mean, Billy Davis. Uh, There's the, a the season, the last season, last time we won promotion, 2006-7. We were bottom of the table or second bottom after five or six games. You know, and we were, and we and we went up. So you, you can it changes it changes too quickly. I mean, we said earlier two, two wins and it changes, two defeats and it changes. And I think that's the way you've got to look at it. Certainly after only six games. Well, we do these live to get fans' questions coming in, and there's a lot coming in, so we'll start weaving some of those in, keeping on the theme of Koku, and something you've just touched on from Brian. How many more defeats can he last? Well, as as I said, uh, results will dictate managers' futures. doesn't matter whether you're Philip Koku or Chris Uton or whoever it is. Uh, That's natural. That's just the way the game is. Uh, How many more defeats? Impossible to tell. I don't know. All I can say is that uh, having spoken to the club and having spoken to the chairman yesterday, uh, he he uh, puts forward to me a number of reasons why they think uh, results aren't, aren't going well and, and, and a number of uh, hopeful pointers why they think results can turn around. And, and that's what they're working on. And the, the thing with football is it can drain your energy if you're not careful. Uh, negatives can drain your energy and it takes an awful lot of energy and focus to win a football match and at the moment that's all they should be concentrating on let's worry about managers futures and that when it happens or if it happens as I say we could all be feeling very much different uh, on Friday night if the result's right What about you Sarah in terms of Chris Hewitt and start so far it's only been a couple of games but are the signs there that that was the right decision to make the change of manager when you did? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, like we said before, he's a really experienced manager. He knows what he's doing. He comes across very well. He speaks very well. Um, The players clearly think very highly of him. Um, That's not to say that they didn't under Lamucci. I think a a lot of them still liked Lamucci. He was very well thought of. It's just that results weren't going his way. Um, And and that's ultimately, he he paid the price for that. Um, But yeah, I think that they are making... There are positive signs under Chris Hewton, I think. Um, well, so it's only been two games and 
they haven't they haven't played to their potential yet. I don't think they're still kind of getting to grips a little bit. I think the fact they they made all those signings in the summer, there's still a lot of those players that are, are trying to gel. They're still trying to find their way as a team, um, but they have looked they have looked decent. They created a lot of chances on Tuesday night. Um, Lewis Graben, he, he's missed some really good opportunities so far this season. He's getting a heck of a lot of stick. Um, I think people have quickly forgotten that he, he scored 20 goals last season. He was the first Forest player to do that in years. Um, he's a good striker. He, he just needs a goal. He needs to get going again. Um, and when he does, I'm sure he'll go on to get um, a, a hatful. It's just he needs one to go in, whether it's... it's you know, a scrappy goal, um, and then he'll be up and running again. Um, but the, the creating chances—that's the main thing. Um, and they've they've looked pretty decent, Forest. I think in the last two games, um, even in the the final one of um, Sabrina Mitri's reign against Bristol City, they looked all right then. Um, still, massive room for improvement. Still, a long way to go. But I think there are signs there that that they are building or they're trying to build something. I bet you won't mind a Lewis grabbing up front, would you, Steve? Well, I mean, I remember the the game last season when Forest won one nil. It was a, a mistake at the back by Derby, but he finished it, I think, expertly because you don't want you don't want chances falling to Lewis Graben. I mean, it's interesting that uh, at Derby we've had our own problems with strikers, and you know, Martin Waghorn has been out all season. He returned as uh, off the bench at Huddersfield uh, for his first taste of action. And I think I think sometimes we forget the the influence and the importance of, of, of players. And Martin Waggon was joint top scorer last season, you know, and he, he never fails to put in a shift for Derby and they've missed him. And like Forrest, you know, they'll, they'll be missing Graben's goals. But usually what happens with, with strikers, once uh, Sarah's quite right, once uh, once they get one, it, it, it happens. All strikers, I mean, I've never known a striker not have a, a barren patch, to be honest. Mm. Well, let's raise a point from, from Dean, who says, last season's history now, if you don't score goals, you don't win matches. Graben needs a break. Missed so many chances, my nine-year-old daughter would score. What can you do? Can you can you switch it up and put Taylor in there? Can you play two up front, or do you just have to wait it out and hope one bounces in off his backside and then he gets a bit of confidence? Well, it's interesting what, what he does, really. I think there probably is a case to, to bring Lyle Taylor in, because he has done well when he's come on. Um, I mean, you could play both of them, um, try and work change the system a little bit. Um I think if you drop Graben though, you're you're not going to help his confidence. You need to l- let him keep playing, let him kind of try keep he's getting in the right places, get these chances, hopefully one goes in and then he'll be up and running again. Um he has missed some really golden opportunities. I don't think he could argue against that, but he contributes to the team in other ways. He set up the goal on um, Tuesday night. He works hard. He does put a shift in. Um, I'm not saying Lar Taylor doesn't either, um, but I think if you drop Grabber now, it's that's harsh on him. Um, he needs he needs to keep playing. He needs to kind of get that out of his system. Um, whether Hutton mixes up, as I say, and goes both of them together, perhaps on Friday, goes a bit more attacking. Um, I think that's definitely an option. Lyle Taylor has looked good. He's looked decent when he's come on. Um, I mean, there was talk that early on he was kind of struggling for fitness a little bit because he'd not played at the back end of last season, um, obviously. He seems to have built up that now. Um, so I think he's definitely pushing Grabben. And that can only help. I mean, last season, Grabben was... He was Forrest's only option, really. He was kind of... He was it. He was having to play every single game. Whereas now he's got 
players breathing down his neck um, and hopefully that helps him as well. There's a question for you here, Steve, about Ayub. Um, how far off is he from being involved with the first team? He also says, uh, I give Koku time. He's had some massive bad luck, which we were talking about off air, weren't we, before we started? Yeah, well, uh, the question actually would might save me writing a story when I come off this uh, <laughs> this Facebook. Uh, he, uh, he's due to play in the under-23 game tomorrow afternoon uh, against Southampton. Him and Christian Bielik are due to play in that. So that's a boost for Derby. Uh, we've had to be patient because we haven't seen Jordan Ibe yet, but that's understandable. He he, ha- he hasn't played a first-team game for more than a year now. Uh, his last game was, was for Bournemouth. Uh, so he's had to come in, step up his fitness, step up his sharpness. You know, some fans may say, well, just just put him in. The, the thing is, with players like Jordan Ibe, who are what we call explosive players, they rely on that sudden burst uh, of, of pace. You have to be very careful because the last thing you want is for him to, to suffer a muscle injury, whether that's hamstring or calf or whatever it is. Uh, so you've got to be careful. You've got to ease them back. But, uh, yeah, fingers crossed uh, he plays uh, in the under-23s tomorrow. And that, as I say, will be uh, an important step for him and hopefully for Derby moving forward. We've got almost 20 minutes into this chat without mentioning Wayne Rooney. What's what's the latest there, Steve, in terms of his... Um, not a coronavirus test, but he's been involved in it. It's not he's not yeah. that positive, but he's missing games, and that will be a big loss for for Derby, won't it? It, it is a loss, and, and I mentioned earlier that these curveballs that keep coming Philip Cocker's way, and that, that was another one. So unfortunate, really. But uh, he's having to self isolate Wayne Rooney, you know, so he, he missed the game at Huddersfield, and he'll also miss the game against Forest and against Cardiff. It, it's a huge blow, you know. It, Wayne Rooney's not been in the best of form this season. I think that, that's that's clear. He wasn't really at the back end of last season. He had a, a niggling back problem during pre-season that hasn't helped him. But in the games against Norwich and Watford, there were signs that he was starting to get back up to speed. And uh, if you add that, of course, to his obvious quality, which shines, at, certainly at this level, it shines. Uh Missing him is a huge miss. But not only that, not only his ability to, to step up as he did at Norwich and curve you know, a free kick in to, for the winner. He's capable of doing that at any moment. Uh, but it's his influence on the team. It's his influence on the younger players around him, which has been significant. So, yeah, it's a tough one for, for Wayne Rooney to take that. And it's also a tough one for Philip Cocker. Boost for Forrest, though, isn't it, Sarah? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I I mean, he, he perhaps um, is his presence, isn't it, as much as anything. If you hear that Wayne Rooney's not in the side, then, you know, that's bound to give you a, a lift. Um, I think Forrest, they just have to concentrate on their own game, I think, going into Friday night. They just have to try and play the way that Houghton wants them to play, um, not worry too much about Derby, because Forrest have got a lot of quality in that side. If they can play like we know they can, and if they can get the best out of players like, Freeman, if Lolly's on form, Amiobi, um, if Arta comes in, um, if Knockart plays, that's a really good lineup. If they can get them playing well and create chances, um, Forest have got every opportunity to, to get something from that game and hopefully get the three points um, and hopefully keep it solid at the back as well. I mean, remember the, the game after lockdown at Pride Park, it was that, that slip and I don't, don't want to put it on Joe Worrell and um, dwell on it too much but it, it ultimately in, in the context of Forest season it, 
that proved really costly. I think after that, they struggled to get going again. It, for whatever reason, it really affected them. Um, it, they just need to cut out mistakes like that. I mean, it, it's difficult. It happens in every game. It happens for every side. But if, if Forrest can keep calm and, and keep composed and play like they know they can, then I think they'll be, they'll be pretty positive. Well, what's interesting? What's interesting there, Danny, Sarah's answer to that is: doesn't that just highlight the fine lines that we talk about in mm-hmm. in, in matches? You know, Forest were the better side that day. They should have won yeah. the game. They, sh- they should have seen the game out. And I believe, and we don't know, of course, uh, but I believe they'd have been in the playoffs had they hung on and won that game, uh, which they should have done. Uh, and, and already this season, we've seen fine lines. I mean, Derby, I say, are struggling for wins, but. There's been fine lines in, in every single game. You know, you play Watford at home, there's nothing in the game. It's nil-nil. It looks like it's heading uh, for a goalless draw. And suddenly, you know, for, uh, Watford score a worldy goal out of nothing. And uh, th- this is what happens. Norwich will be complaining the same in the in the game against Derby. It's say nil-nil, 87 minutes gone. Derby win a free kick. There's only one man on the pitch who's going to put it in the net from, from where it was. And that was Wayne Rooney. And he was there to do it. So, massive fine lines. Huge fine lines. What is uh, what is interesting, and we just mentioned Anthony Knockhart there, of course. He's a player who's given Derby problems in the past playing for Brighton. And uh, he's not a player I particularly want to see in uh, in the Forest team. So if you could have a word with Mr. Hewton. <laughs> it's funny what I was going to say about Sarah's answers. I asked her about Wayne Rooney and she was like, oh, well, we have to focus on ourselves. I could <laughs> um, it's interesting that you mentioned Knockout as well. There was a comment that came in earlier that said, if there's anyone that hates Derby, that it's Anthony Knockout. And I was thinking, well, I don't know what the, what the story is there. Why yeah, is well, he's, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's just given Derby. I mean, Derby and Brighton have had a number of meetings, obviously, and uh, he's always just giving them problems. I think, I think on his on his game, he gives he gives anyone problems. That's that's the way he is. He's he's a very tricky customer, uh, and you know, I, I just think, you know, I'd, I'd prefer to see him on on the bench or wherever if uh, if that's possible. Oh, he's a solid addition, isn't he, Sarah? Is there any chance he comes in and, and starts on Friday? Yeah, I think he will. I think um, he's not been involved the last two games, um, and I think yeah, I think he probably. Newton's probably been keeping him ready for, for Friday. Um, whether he starts, whether he's on the bench, I'm pretty certain he'll be involved in, in some capacity. Um, I think Hewton will probably mix it up a little bit from Tuesday night because you're starting to come into this run now where the games are coming thick and fast and you need your squad. Um, and he, he kept the same 11 on Tuesday as played on Saturday. Um, but I think we'll see some changes tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Arter starts Um I think Knockout will, will probably come in. Just give players a rest. Um, maybe he does drop drop Graben and bring in Lyle Taylor or, or brings him in as well as just to mix it up a little bit and, and keep things fresh um, just to to try and keep players on their toes and try and get um, get the result that he wants. Yeah, there's a comment here from John Bory who says, Knockout, Graben, Taylor and Arter to start. What's not to like? It's a good score no, exactly. on paper. Yeah. On paper, Forest have got a really strong squad. And the problem is that you don't win anything on paper. They have to put the the results and the performances in. Um, I mean, they have made a lot of signings. That's the, the, I mean, they're still waiting on um, Camille Grzycki to find out whether he's going to become their 15th summer signing, which is a a heck of a lot of new players to come in. Um, But the majority of the, the ones that they've brought in quality players. I think you look at the squad now compared to last season and you've got to say it's better, it's stronger. They've got that strength in depth now. They've got 
they can name a strong starting eleven, which they could do last season, but they can also name a strong bench and bring on players who can make a difference. And that's something that they struggled with last year. And it proved costly that they needed players that could come on and change games um, last season. And they didn't have that to the same extent as they have this year. Um, and that's a, a massive, massive bonus for Hewton. Um, it gives him different options. He can, he can look to his bench and think, well, I can... I can bring on a knockout or I can bring on a, a Lyle Taylor and hope that they, cre- or Alex Martin even, hope that they create something and cause the opposition problems and just give them something to think about and and hopefully create a goal if they need one. On the flip side to that, there's a comment here from Anthony, a Derby fan, who says, the team doesn't revolve around Rooney, we have a good bunch of lads, it's just the star cock who wants them to play, it isn't working, he needs a plan A, B, C, D, E, F and G. Is that something you agree with, Steve? Does it, do we need more options? It's a lot of options, that is, isn't it? Uh, a and B would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Listen, all managers need A, B, C options. I think in in this division, Sarah's just mentioned how games come thick and fast. You have different challenges. You have different personnel in your team, so you do need different options. You need different formations that not only you can start with, but you can switch to during games. Uh, Rooney's influence, uh, as I said before, he, he he's not been in the best of form. I think that's why he's he, he's receiving some criticism from some fans. But believe you me, his influence is is massive, and I think they missed his quality uh, at Huddersfield uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, I think, I think, I think Philip Koku, uh, having spoken to him or when I speak to him, he he has different options. You know, we we've seen it already. He's, he, He's kind of had a four-three, sorry, a four-two-three-one. He's had a four-three-three. At the moment, we're seeing three centre backs and wing backs. So there are different options there. I think at the moment, because results are, are aren't what we want. I think it's it's easy to point the finger at formations and 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 the way Philip Koku wants them to play. But you know, he, I think with Philip Koku, it's interesting because he. He's as passionate as any manager. He just shows that in different ways and, and his style of football is different. That, that's what you get with different managers. Uh, and, and there are times when it works and then unfortunately at the moment this season it hasn't worked enough. Uh, but he's got to find that right balance. I think defensively they're looking stronger. You know, they've only conceded uh, two goals in the last three games when I think they conceded eight in the in the three league games before that. So there's been an improvement there. Uh, obviously, they're very short goals. Two two goals in six league games is is is, is wretched, really. I think there's only Wickham in the four divisions who, who've uh, scored fewer goals. So that's got to change very, very quickly. And uh, that's what Derby need to concentrate on. This is the second Derby game now without fans there. So you've experienced it once before. How much of an impact do you think that will have on, on the game? I think it has a big impact. I mean, those games, when it's full house either at Pride Park or the city ground the atmosphere is incredible it's it's just amazing um and to not have that there's still that there's still big games and obviously the players are still you know right up for them but you haven't got the either the opposition or, or, or the home fans helping you or on your back and it makes such a difference I mean not just in derby games but but every game really yeah. um I think Forest perhaps more than then other teams struggled with that towards the end of last season. I think had they had fans in a lot of those games, I'm, I'm convinced that they would have finished in the top six. I think they would have got over the line. There's so many games where you thought they would have seen it out or they would have picked themselves up and, and got going and got something from it. And I think 
the, the fact they didn't have that, I think they it just held them back a little bit. Um, I mean, they've got to get used to it. It's the same for every team, obviously. Um, but games like this, you need that atmosphere. You need that kind of electricity. And, and it, yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge loss not to have the fans in. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with all that. I mean, it's, it, it does make a big difference. I, I don't know what the stats are, but to me, I think it certainly benefits the away team more than the home team uh, because it's just quite obvious, isn't it? I think I think the away team can can relax more and, and play their game, and we certainly certainly notice that at the games at Pride Park, you know. Uh, when there's normally twenty eight thousand there, if, if, if there's nobody there, then the away team can come and just and say play and 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 try and enjoy themselves. I think I think for this fixture particularly, uh, it, it makes a huge difference. There's no doubt that the nerves and the tension that that would have been there normally among the players as as they line up and wait to come out, even coming out the same tunnel, mm. you know, next to each other, that tension, that electric yeah. uh, kind of atmosphere and feeling. Uh, of thinking I've got to get one over my opponent today. Even that is missing because they en- enter the pitch from, from different uh, parts of the ground. And then, of course, you walk out and, and you have that noise that we see at the city ground and, of course, at Pride Park as well. It's, it's bound to have an effect. It's bound to have an effect. And uh, it, it's uh, unfortunately, there's not much we can do about it at the moment. Well, before we put our necks on the line and finish with predictions that will make us look stupid, I wanted to ask you both how you assess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's new? Um, <laughs> to ask you how you assess the opposition side as a, as a Derby uh, reporter, Steve. How do how do you look at Nottingham Forest and what they've done so far this season, and what you think will will happen for the remainder of the season? I think. I mean, first of all, as I said earlier, I think I think they've appointed a very good manager, and I think that's I think that was a very important step for them uh, they almost got over the line last season what I will say is having sat through a number of these seasons where you almost get over the line those last five or six games are absolutely crucial because everything can happen in those matches and, and nerves can take hold and tension and confidence can quickly pick up or, 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 or disappear uh, I think they've signed a lot of players I think the task for Chris Hewton will be to sift through those players and find the team or teams that he he wants to put out there. Uh, Sometimes you can have too many players uh, to pick from because it gives you too many options, especially if you you lose a game, you can turn around and look behind you and there's probably 12 players sat in stand and you think, well, do do I make a number of changes? So he has to cope with that. Uh, They've got some good players. I don't think there's any doubt about that. but like Derby at the moment, you know, they're scratching about for points. And uh, I think I think with both teams, I think once once they can pick up a few results, I think you'll see different teams. I think you'll see more confident sides. I think you'll see uh, more fluent sides. You know, I notice with Derby at times, when things are going well, you know, they do things without thinking, you know, and, and that you make a pass without thinking, even a simple 10-yard pass. But when things aren't going well, you think about it. You maybe take a touch before you make the pass. You maybe have a second touch before you try and get the shot away. That's might, what might be happening to, to grab him at times as well up front. You know, mm-hmm. when he's on song, he, he probably doesn't even think about how he finishes. He just does it instinctively. And uh, that's confidence and that's 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 belief. And I think with Forrest, I say, there's no doubt they've got, they've got good players. I watched the game on TV against Huddersfield when they lost and uh, they've got good players in there. They just need to settle 
as quickly as possible and, and, and that's the challenge uh, for Chris Hewton. Same question for you, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, similar really. Derby are undoubtedly a better side than what the results and, and the position in the table is at the minute. They've got good players. They've got a, a good manager. Um, it, it's just, it's getting it to happen on the pitch, isn't it? And getting the results and getting the performances going again. Um, and it is about confidence. It's That makes such a huge difference for anybody. Um, I'm sure when once Derby get a couple of results under their belt and get going, then suddenly that comes flooding back. And it's the same with Forest. As soon as you get a, a good result and put in a decent performance, you're looking at the next games completely differently and thinking, yeah, yeah we could get something from that. Or, yeah, we can look at that one and, you know, hope to win that one. Whereas before, you're looking at it and thinking, oh, I don't know when, when our next result's going to come from. Um, I mean, I hope it doesn't come for Derby on Friday, obviously. But um, it's... It, it's difficult when you obviously we've been in the, a similar position with Sabrina Mucci when results weren't happening for him and there was pressure on him to get to, to turn it around and obviously Forrest then make that call and change the manager and it's interesting to see when or if Derby do the same. Um, I mean, we all know that these big East Midlands Derby games they, they often have um, a certain effect on, on managers and their positions. We've been there before. Um, It's going to be a really interesting game, I think. Forest will not be underestimating Derby at all. Um, They won't be looking at their results and thinking, well, this one's going to be easy. We're going to, this is going to be a walkover because Derby games aren't like that, regardless of what form either team are in. There's always so much drama or or something that that happens. Um, Forest will want the win. Absolutely. They'll be going out there to to get the three points. I've no doubt about that. But I don't think they'll be looking at it as an easy game. I think that they'll know that they're going to be in for a difficult test, regardless of the results that Derby have had recently. Just going back to our last question, Chris says, oh, wrong wrong one. Uh, Surely they don't need fans to be up for the game, for a Derby game. Do you think that this game is a bit of a a yardstick for how far both sides have come so far this season, that this could be a little bit of a turning point if you get the result? I don't think that... Yeah, I, I don't think it's a case of, of not being up for the game. The, the players will be up for the game, but it's, mm. it's just a different It's a different feel. You cannot replicate standing in a tunnel before a game at five to three with the noise of, of 28,000 fans screaming and, 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 and waiting for you to walk out. And that noise when you walk out, that, that suddenly lifts you. Uh, massively, I would imagine, for those who are lucky enough to have, to have done that. I was about to say, we've done that, Steve. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I, I tell you what, what, what's interesting, uh, even at any level you've played at, and uh, even if you've played in front of uh, you know, a, hundred, a few hundred or a few thousand, which, which has happened, uh, even that list, you, if someone's there watching, so imagine what 28,000 is like mm-hmm. watching. So it's not a case of not being up for it, They'll be up for it, no doubt about that. Professional footballers, you know, they 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 want to go out and and beat their opponent. That's what happens in professional sport. Uh, but it's just that extra spice that the, the crowd has, and not only that, it's not only before the game; it's during the game. As I said, yeah. I, said I, think, I think this games last season when Forest probably would have picked up an extra point here and there, which would have made all the difference between them getting in the playoffs or not, had they been backed or heard that support. You know, when you're under pressure, last five minutes and you may be hanging on, to have that backing when you make that clearance or you make that tackle or you whack the ball down the pitch yeah. in the corner flag, it's that backing that gives you that extra energy when, you, when you're when feeling 
absolutely shattered. So that's what it's all about, really. Yeah, not to bring up bad memories, Sarah, but the way you dropped out of the playoffs on the last day, there's no way. Oh, thanks, Dan. Just about got over that Stoke game, but thanks. <laughs> It's fairy tale, wasn't it? Well, the opposite yeah. of a fairy tale, but you couldn't write something like that happening. <laughs> the opposite. No, of I, tell you, I, tell you what, I tell you what was interesting. I was I was sat at St Andrews that night at Derby, were playing Birmingham, and uh, in in the final ten minutes, I think there was more interest in in the Forest scores <laughs> dropping in than there was in what was happening on the pitch. That's probably why I wrote such a poor match report. <laughs> it's not like you to rub it in, Steve. Um, we'll end with with predictions then from the two of you, and I might give one as well, even though I'm not really basing it on anything. But um, we'll, well, you start with it. Do you want me to start? Okay, yeah, I'll, you be, go I'll be boring and say it's going to be a draw, and stick on the fence not to upset either of you. Um, I think probably you'll end up both cancelling cancelling each other out a little bit. You're both, you know, you're missing Rooney, you're missing Grabbin. Uh, not missing Graben, but you know, not a confident Graben. Missing his goals, yeah. Yeah, missing his goals. New manager for you. Cocky's in a bit of a rut, so cancel each other out. One all, I'll go for. I think. I, I think uh, again, it's not sitting on the fence, but the safe bet to me looks a one-one draw, mm. as it always does in these games, and, and, and I wouldn't be surprised by that. But but we won't sit on the fence like you, Dan. <laughs> uh, so uh, Derby need a win. Uh, they won at Norwich playing a certain way. They were hard to beat. Uh, I think Waghorn hopefully will be back as a starter. Lawrence will have another game under his belt. Josriak will also have another game under his belt. Uh, I'm going to go for a narrow Derby 2-1, I think. 2-0 or 2-1. Okay, Sarah, what about you? I don't think it'll be an easy game by any means, um, but I think Forest, they just go into it with that little bit more positivity, I think, and I, I'm sure that'll make a huge difference for them. Um, I, I, I think Graben will, will actually come good and, and prove his critics wrong and, and hopefully find the back of the net and stop all the flack that's been coming his way. That'll be nice. Um, I think Forest can edge it. If they if they play like they know they can, and if they cut out any mistakes at the, I know that sounds easy, but cut out any mistakes at the back, um, I think they could they could get a, a decent one under Chris Hutton. Um, I'll go two 0 and Lewis Grabble and Lyle Taylor to get one each. I like how as the neutral, I went for a draw, and you two with your bias both went for your teams to win. That's what that's what I wanted really. <laughs> um, that like a good clip. Just a few comments coming in from um, from the fans watching. I don't know whether. Like I said, who's who here? So the first two were Forest 4-0 and Forest 3-0. I don't know whether that's uh, negative Derby fans <laughs> or overly positive Forest fans. Uh, um, I, 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 yeah, I hope it's not that score, 3 or 4-0, because uh, <laughs> that, that, particular, that won't go down very well at all. There's a lot of a lot of Forest, uh, forest support. So like I said, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who's who. It's yeah. like 8-0 Forest here. I don't know whether that's, that's a negative eight. Derby fan or... Yeah, there's a lot, a lot, of, lot of love for Forest. Oh, there's a Forest fan, so the Forest badge. Um, so, yeah, I suppose my final question then for you both to, to wrap up um, is how, how will the fans be feeling? How do you judge the mood in the camp? Is it one where you're both thinking, oh, this maybe not so much for Forest now you've changed manager, but before this you'd be thinking, oh, God, Derby might do us here, or it's going to be a draw. Are you both maybe a little bit not that confident? <sighs> I think it's, it's difficult to judge the mood. I think at the minute, um, because you, because Forest have started picking results up, and because Derby haven't, I think fans maybe get a little bit nervous and think, "Oh, 
you know, that it could easily change. Exactly. It can easily go the other way. Um, and, and equally, I think we were saying before that Forrest have, have got a pretty decent record in recent years against Derby. Um, and those kind of runs always make you nervous as well, because you think, well, well, that's going to change at some point or it's got to change at some point. Um, but the fact they've got two results under their belt, I think that's just it's lifted the mood a little bit at, at Forest. Um, and I think I mean, we've seen some of the, the score predictions, I think. Perhaps it's, it's given people a bit more confidence and a bit more hope and optimism going into Friday night than they would have had previously. I, uh, I think, uh, again, it, it, when results aren't going well, of course, there's going to be a lot of pessimism about that. That's understandable. That's just the way football is. Uh, I think sometimes that pessimism is there as, a, as almost as a safety net for fans to kind of say, oh, I told you so, you know, when actually they're hoping for very much different outcome and uh, I yeah I, I just think Derby the, the, the fans would say you, you can't hide the disappointment and the frustration and all that. that that's obvious you lose five or six league games that's going to that's gonna be the same at any club and, and that's the kind of general feeling around the place but as I said before that, that quickly changes you know that quickly changes it happened at Norwich you know Derby had lost 4-0 a previous league game at home to Blackburn it could have been 10 you know, they were that bad, Derby, and uh, went to Norwich and everyone was fearing the worst. Oh, it's Norwich City, just been relegated from the Premier League, Carrow Road away. And Derby went there and won 1-0 and suddenly people are jumping through hoops and we're all happy and suddenly the A14 back from Isanga, it doesn't look that bad. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a case of the result support at the moment. So there'll be pessimism about, but believe you me, underneath that there'll be a lot of fans saying, hey, let's hope, you know, this could be the game, this could be the one that turns around our season. And and that can happen. Well, we'll end our pre-match derby chat with another cliche, because we've pretty much used every other one so far, yeah. that <laughs> anything can happen in football. As it we can. Know. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I think, one, yeah. I think we've ticked off every other cliche going in this episode, so um, <laughs> why not Why not end on that? It's been good to chat to you both. I've really enjoyed uh, uh, previewing the game with you both. hope you, you two feel the same. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, we'll try and catch up possibly after the game, but it is a night game on a Friday, so I'm not, not sure whether any of us fancy that. <laughs> Depends what the resort is, I guess. Uh, but if not, we'll uh, be back with the, the Garibaldi Red podcast next week and we'll catch up on Facebook with yourself, Steve, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks for asking your questions. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks both for your time. And uh, may the best team win. All joy. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.